Welcome to the latest edition of City Parents Talk. I'm Helen Beedham, Director at City Parents. Today I'm speaking to two of our City Parents members, Uma Cresswell and Kirsty Wilkins. Kirsty is a mentee in our City Parents Mentoring Programme and Uma is her mentor. I'm going to be finding out why they both decided to participate in a mentoring arrangement, how they're finding the mentoring process and what benefits they're both gaining from it. I was very much looking forward to chatting with you both in person, but owing to the current situation with coronavirus, we're recording this remotely. Kirstie Numa, thanks so much for joining us today. It'd be wonderful if you could just introduce yourselves briefly to our listeners. Kirstie, would you like to go first? Yes, I'm Kirsty Wilkins. I'm a senior professional development manager for the US law firm Sherman and Sterling. I head up all training and development for Sherman's London office. Wonderful, thank you. And Uma? So I'm Uma Creswell and I have spent the best part of 20 plus years in a variety of HR roles in investment banking, sitting on trading room floors for a lot of my career. I left all of that about four years ago and I now run my own independent international HR consulting business and I'm also president of the City Women's Network. Wonderful. Thank you both. So let's get straight into it. Have you both mentored or been mentored before? And if so, what was the context for that? Kirsty, could you let us know about any previous mentoring experience you'd had? Yes, I have been a mentor before as part of the Law Society's mentoring scheme. So I did that a couple of years ago. At the time, I'd been a lawyer for about 10 years, I'd looked to move and moved over into the L&D space. And the, the Law Society have a scheme where, um, similar, I suppose, where they match people up that's, you know, connect with law firms. And I was asked to be a mentor for that, for people that were looking to do a bit of a career change, possibly still within the law, but something different because I'd had that experience. So I'd been a mentor before, but not a mentee. Okay, fantastic. So that's, I'm sure in our conversation, you might, you know, draw on both perspectives and experiences. And members mm. will find that really helpful to hear. Uma, what about you? I've been both, actually. So in uh, my last role, the opportunity to be a mentee came up when I was moving from a regional role into a global HR role. I had an informal mentoring arrangement with a very senior executive male in Australia. So we did this remotely and virtually, much like we're doing today. And then when City Women's Network was introduced to my last banking organization as corporate partners, I was a mentee again through that platform. And the learning was profound and very, very useful. So I then decided to pay back and joined you guys, City Parents, as a mentor. So I've been both. Yeah, wonderful. And Anuma, this is the second time you've mentored for City Parents. So what brings you back? It is a substantial investment of your time and effort, and we're all busy professionals. So you clearly feel very passionate about helping others progress in their careers. Is there a particular reason why you decided to mentor again through City Parents this year? I think uh, I can answer that in two parts. The time and investment is considerable, and I was really grateful when I was working in the corporate world in a full-time role uh, of the many people that took time out to help me and support me as, as my men mentors. And so it's only fitting, really, that having now left the corporate world and having more time to devote to things that I'm passionate about, this is an area that I'm really, really invested in personally because I gained a lot from it but it's also the right thing to do to share some of the learnings and knowledge that I experienced so that's why I came back for round two I, I enjoyed it so much through City Parents and Lamenti and I had an incredible journey last year and now with Kirsty we're sort of on that on that second trajectory. 
Yeah, wonderful. And Kirsty, what led you to get involved in the City Parents Scheme? And very broadly, kind of what were your mentoring objectives about? Was it life, career, well-being goals? It was about career, really, and just looking at where, you know, where I am and where I'd like to get to. And I'd I'd kind of had it in the back of my mind since I was a mentor with the Law Society, looking at what they gained from that experience. And I could see around the room that there was some great outcomes for the mentees. I was a mentor at the time. And so I had it in the back of my mind, like, oh, you know, it wouldn't be a bad thing to be a mentee for a change on something like that. And it, But it was just in the back of my mind. It, it, you know, it wasn't something I was actually going out and looking for or anything like that. And then quite often as these things happen, when you have something in your back of your mind, it just becomes right place, right time. And I saw the email come around from City Parents saying they were doing a mentoring scheme for people that would like to get involved. And, and the two things just came together. And I thought, well, it has been in the back of my mind to look at something like that for myself. And the opportunity just presented itself straight in front of me, which I often find these things, you know, if you're, if you're kind of starting to think about these things, you certainly notice them a lot more when it's something you're looking for. I mean, I have to be really honest. I dismissed it originally because of the name with city parents, because I'm not a parent. And, you know, quite often you think, oh, it's for people, people with children. And for that reason, I've been with Sherman now four years. And for the first two, I just ignored all the city parent stuff coming through from Sherman, even though we were members, because I thought, well, that's my colleagues around the office that have children or are going to have children that kind of thing and then one day when I had a bit of time looking more into it I thought wow some of these seminars and webinars are actually really great topics that are absolutely you know spot on for the kind of stuff that I'm looking for and realize that you don't at all have to be a parent or be going to be a parent so I'd got to that stage when I saw the mentoring and thought well you know this would be a great way for me to to start that journey of looking for a mentor myself. Yeah, wonderful. Thank you. And, and absolutely, you highlight a point that we're really keen to get across, that our mentoring scheme is open to any member of our network, whatever their family circumstances, whether they're parents or not. Um, so we're really hoping to see a wide range of people applying for the cohort that will be opening in May. And did either of you have particular expectations going into this new mentoring relationship, Uma? For me, it was the value of the fact that you have cross-sector, cross-industry representation, um, Helen, in, in what you do at City Parents. And as much as I really valued and enjoyed my time in banking, I did talk to just a lot of people in financial services. So my expectations of going into your scheme was that I would be partnered up and matched up with somebody, hopefully from a different sector and a different industry, much like I had been with my mentor. And the value of that, I think, is really profound and really beneficial. Fantastic. And Kirsty, did you have any expectations as you set out on your mentoring relationship? Not really, but I think Uma's completely right. You know, probably when I went into this, I thought, well, sure, I'll give this a go. But what's someone going to tell me? Right. I, I know what I'm doing. I know the law. I know this area. There's, there's no one going to tell me anything I don't know. But actually, by having someone from a totally different sector, I feel like they don't get bogged down by the, well, that can't happen because quite often we have all these ideas, but we already tell ourselves we can't do it because we know the business or we know, you know, the sector. And so we say, well, these 10 things I can think of, well, that doesn't happen in law, for instance. So that's so you can't do that. We're having someone that doesn't know that that can't happen and questioning it or asking you the question or saying, well, why can't it happen? Is actually a really nice perspective that I don't think we give ourselves I think someone else has to ask that and actually 
them not knowing that sector or why that can't happen does start to make you question yourself. Well, yeah, that is strange. Why why can't we do this? Or or why why is it a no when I ask that? Because clearly in other sectors that does happen. Or there are some things that you say, well, this can't happen in this sector, and this is the reason why. But actually having someone that really knows their stuff and is um, an expert in what they're doing, but doesn't particularly know necessarily the ins and outs of that sector, I think was was super beneficial. I wouldn't say it's something I was expecting going in, but it's something that I discovered really quickly. I can really understand how, you know, just having another external perspective helps you be more aware of some of the assumptions you're making that you might not have been aware of. And and then you have a, a different way of thinking about a particular issue or plan that you have. Great. So let's talk a little bit more about the nuts and bolts of the mentoring arrangement. So how did you break the ice and get started? How did it all start once you'd been formally matched? What was your first step, Uma? Well, Kirsty reached out to me, uh, which was great. And my thinking was really, we just need to chill and get to know each other, really. So I suggested we meet at Paul's underneath Tower 42. And I did the sort of blind date stalking on LinkedIn to see what Kirsty looked like. And I'm sort of sure that she did the same. And we met. And I think from my recollection, Kirsty, we just had a coffee and I just talked about life, what I did. Wasn't really an objective or an agenda. It was just who's Uma? What am I about? And really just asked Kirsty lots of questions about her interests, her travel, just just to really break the ice. And we really didn't talk about the specifics of mentoring. We just met as if we were meeting for friends for the first time. That's right. Some people might think, oh, that that could be awkward, but it wasn't awkward at all. And I remember actually both of us realising after an hour, we've really got to go and get back to to our jobs because it was a very natural conversation. It was a very enjoyable conversation. I certainly could have stayed for a lot longer, but we we both had to get back to to our real life and scuttle off. So it wasn't... You know, it wasn't an awkward thing at all. Like Uma said, she took the approach of really um, not not getting straight into this, but just learning more about each other because hopefully we could, you know, connect on stuff that we we agreed on or, or where we had similarities, which is quite a lot actually. Sounds great. And so then, once you had had that initial get to know you session, did you have a more formal contracting conversation around the goals of the mentoring arrangement, particularly what what you were looking to achieve, Kirsty, and, and how you would work together? We kind of hit on a much more relaxed, casual basis, but we both knew what the basics of that were. So we didn't have to kind of come out of what was quite a comfortable relationship and say, actually, let's switch over to discussing, you know, how we're going to work and, and putting these rules down or anything like that. At the end of the day, I was trying to get something out of this and Uma was trying to help me. So we were both going for the same thing. So it wasn't as necessary to put as much formal stuff in there, but it definitely set me some tasks to kind of think about and to do over the period between our first meeting and the next one. Great. And Uma, how often do you meet and, or talk as a mentoring pair? So given that we were so relaxed in that first meeting and we could have sat there and chatted all afternoon to Kirsty's point, some of the not so formal, but just some guidelines I suggested to Kirsty was just the frequency of what would make sense for her and where and how. And so Paul's became a bit of a favourite of ours. And I would say in the, in the first few months we met once every six to eight weeks. But what I also opened up to Kirsty was my text, my WhatsApp channels, um, emails, so that I think that, you know, if you can't physically meet, it's really important that you're 
mentee can access you. And I'm quite relaxed about Kirsty texting or messaging me whenever she wanted to, with the caveat that I'd get back to her as soon as I could. So we sort of had ongoing dialogue. And isn't it amazing that the world we live in is all about texting and WhatsApp and audio calls now? So we, we started that very early on in our mentor-mentee relationship. So I would say initially every four to six weeks, and then it was really dictated by Kirsty. I left it with her and said, as and when she needed me, she needed to raise the hand or message me. Uh, We could have a coffee or we could talk over the phone. Okay, fantastic. And moving on to talk a little bit more about the, the mentoring conversations as they've progressed. Uma, are there any particular approaches or techniques that you've used that you have found effective as a mentor? I think the initial chemistry meeting of just being a bit open about yourself as a mentor, sharing about you, the individual, really sets the scene. I know it's not easy for everybody, but I think a mentor's job is really to to help the mentee feel as comfortable and as, as open as possible so that we have a much more productive, collaborative relationship thereafter. So that set the tone for me. And then I think it's about asking those cliched open questions. Lots of times I wanted to sort of jump to the answer that I thought that Kirsty should go to, but actually I didn't. I sort of suggested ways and ideas to her and said, how do you think about this? What would you think about trying that? Have you thought about this? And she actually got there herself in her own time. So I think it's really important that you don't go into solution mode as a mentor. You don't go into tell mode. Sometimes there's a need for that where there's a really tricky or technical um, question where there's expertise that the mentor could impart and say, in my experience, this is what I did and this is how I would have done it. But it's really important that the mentee finds their own rhythm and their own way of navigating through that particular challenge or problem. Yeah, I can understand that. Providing different perspectives, some questions, some challenging some assumptions, but letting the individual work their way through and own those plans themselves. And Kirsty, so how did you find, in a sense, being on the receiving end of that steering and thoughtful, constructive challenge from Uma? What did that feel like? It was really good for me. As I said before, when I went in, I was thinking, well, what am I really going to get out of this? Right. I know my industry very well. I've been in it forever since I, you know, since I went to university and did law, really. I've known law and uh, both as a lawyer and now on business services, as we would call it, side. So that first meeting actually was a real revelation because it did make me think in a different way it did make me look at conversations I'm having in the business in a different way and how they might be viewed by other people so it didn't take very long for me to kind of change change my initial thought or to realize that actually there was a lot um, that I could get out of this and it was you know really good she's she's right and those open questions of of not giving me the answer, but saying, well, you know, what do you think you could do? Or what are the different things you could do? We might come up with, you know, I might come up with four things that might be possible, but I might disregard one and say, well, I know that this definitely wouldn't work in my sector, but it still probably gave me three things that I could try, but I probably wouldn't have come up with by just sitting at my desk and thinking, well, I know what's going to happen here because I know this firm very well, or I know the sector very well. So Wonderful. And so I was going to ask how, your conversations have helped or influenced your actions, Kirsty, or your conversations in between sessions. But it sounds from what you're saying as though, you know, your conversations leave you with some fairly clear thoughts that you're going to put them into practice or some options that you're going to explore. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. You usually go away with quite a bit to do and think about because I'm a bit of a Girl Scout. I uh, quite often message Uma and say, this is how I'm getting on or Usually it's I've managed to do, you know, five, but the 
the sixth one I just can't because I've thought about it and it's really just you know wouldn't go down here whatever but for my younger time as a Girl Scout I just always have to make sure that I'm saying look I am doing I am doing it and this is how I'm doing but I think that helps because otherwise if not you could go away and think well that was good and then you could very easily get back into the rhythm of just sitting behind and getting on with the work because quite often that's the difficulty right we, we're all in the work and we're not really putting our head above and I think this for me this relationship has almost been like someone else being able to put their head above the parapet and take a look round and say well could you do this whereas normally to be honest I I, I just can't even breathe to put my mm. head up sometimes so having somebody else that questions that or is able to kind of speed some of that thinking up so you're not trying to set aside big big periods of time where you can think about this stuff you actually get to the options and the decisions a lot quicker and I think that's been really, really useful because as a, a kind of team for L&D at Sherman, we're very, very small. But I head up. It's, it's, it's really very small. And it's a lot of people that we look after. So sometimes just doing your job is beyond the amount of time that you've got. So I think having an extra pair of hands at the side that's doing that bit for you to at least get you to some of the thinking that it might have taken you quite a while. I mean, within the first hour that we met, there was a number of things that I was going away to think about. And I think there's no way that I would have done that without having that initial meeting with Uma. That's really interesting to hear about how one of the things you valued is the ability to progress your thinking or your plans quicker as a result of having a mentor. I think that will be really helpful to people listening, that that's a particular benefit you gain as a mentee to be able to perhaps progress change or your own career path a little bit quicker than you might have done otherwise. Uma, is there anything you would add to that from a mentor's perspective about the value that you've gained from the mentoring arrangement? Absolutely. I've learned a lot about a sector that I knew nothing about. Um, and to Kirsty's point, when I've challenged her or suggested some ideas to her, she's also been very good at saying, actually, in a partnership model, there are limitations to that. And this is how this could work or not work. So it's also held up the mirror to me saying, actually, some of my child and trusted met methods in investment banking don't necessarily translate to, to the, the law, law practice. So I've learned a lot about that. I think the other value that I've gained is is actually the thinking time. So to go in as a mentor, you can't just wing it and you can't just do last minute dot com preparation. It's not fair to your mentee. So it's challenged me. And I suppose I've taken the time to prepare, to stop, to hit the pause button for my daily commitments to say, actually, this is now my time for Kirsty. So let me just reflect on what we talked about. Let me try and think about how I'm going to help and direct her for our next conversation or phone call. So the preparation uh, and time that's needed to to help Kirsty and to support a mentee, it's built new skills in myself. And I think Kirsty's right. When you're in the corporate world or uh, when you're institutionalized, as I feel that I was, you're on that hamster wheel. You're delivering, you're pedalling very fast, and the opportunity to hit the pause button doesn't come very often. So I'm really lucky that I can now do that. But actually, it's not a skill that came easily because you are just very used to just doing, doing, doing. So it's really been great to be a mentor and say, I've got time to think and I must think because only then will I be able to add true value and contribute to Kirsty's development. That's so interesting to hear. And you've just set out there a really enticing reason as to why people might want to devote and invest some time in helping others because of that option to pause, to self-reflect, 
and to build your own skills as well. And as you say, a different context, perhaps learn about another industry to complement your existing knowledge. And a question for both of you, have you encountered or would you say there are particular limitations around either this or a past mentoring relationship, you know, perhaps for the benefit of someone listening who might not have participated in a mentoring relationship before. Kirsty, would you like to offer any thoughts on that? I think the mentee, just from my previous experience as well as this one, I think the mentee needs to know what they want to get out of it. I think if they're kind of not sure or they're wishy-washy, you know, they haven't quite pinned down what it is they want or they're, they're changing their mind as they go along. There's not a there's not necessarily a problem with that, but you would definitely get more out of it if you know what you know where you want to be, what you're aiming for. I think the right time to do it is when you know what the end goal is. If the end goal changes as you go along in that conversation, that's fine because that might just be as a result of these conversations that you're having. But if you set out on the journey and you, you're not quite sure, I think it's about choosing the right time when you want a mentor for the right reason. But other than that, I mean, I've, I've found both sides now really, really useful, both, both as a mentor and this time as a mentee. Thank you. Umo, is there anything else you'd add? I think in terms of limitations, it's OK as a mentor and as a mentee, since I've, I've sat on both camps now, to say we can't solve for everything, but we can learn and build new skills and develop. If, for example, as a mentor, I'm helping somebody to gain promotion, which is indeed something I was trying to do in my mentee capacity. And if that opportunity doesn't come about, not because of lack of effort or trying, it's okay because actually going along the journey and preparing conversations about promotions, asking for that pay rise are all skills that you're going to need again. So I think limitations wise, um, a mentor is not there to fix it all. I think we have to be realistic about that. They're also not a counsellor or an executive coach. I happen to be a counsellor and executive coach, but that doesn't mean every mentor will be. So I think it's really important that there are certain boundaries around where a mentor can truly add value. And if the conversations slip into areas which they're not qualified to advise and guide on, it's really important that they call that out. Thank you. That's really helpful. And for people listening who may be feeling really inspired by the experiences you're sharing and, and all the benefits that you're talking about that you're personally experiencing from mentoring arrangements, I wonder if you might offer any other tips or words of advice for anyone considering applying as a mentor or a mentee either to the City Parents Mentoring Programme or to perhaps one that's running in their own organisation or within or across their own industry, or even outside of work life, perhaps through sporting or community opportunities. Kirsty, is there anything else you'd say to help somebody perhaps considering being a mentee for the first time? I would honestly say just just go ahead and, and do it, really. We, we rarely set aside time to think about ourselves in this way, to set aside time to look at where we are, where we'd like to be, whether we're happy, whether we're on the right journey. It's never at the top of the list of to-dos unless you're really unhappy in where you are. Then fair enough, you might have, you might have jumped it up to the top if you're really unhappy. And I started my conversations with them saying, I'm really happy at Sherman. It's a great place to work and I really enjoy it there. If you're quite happy and so it's not you know, a pressing thing that you need to move, it is usually somewhere on that to-do list that you never get to because there's just too much stuff, whether in your career or your personal life, there's just stuff to do that means we don't put ourselves first. And I think that for anyone thinking 
it's in the back of their mind about how they're doing you know are they are they doing the right things to get to where they want to be are they doing the right things for their family at the very least it's going to give you some dedicated time to think about that and to look at options and to look at ways that you can be on that right path and get someone else's opinion on whether you're doing the right thing that's really really unusual we're always pressed for time but actually having it dedicated as azuma said when we've met up we've had an hour having an hour just to think about yourself, where you are, where you'd like to be, is so unusual. I just could never imagine myself setting myself aside that time unless it was as part of this relationship. So even if it's just to give you that time and someone else's perspective on it, then it's absolutely worth doing and, and you should just sign up. And as I say, I was very sceptical at the beginning, thinking, well, you know, how is this going to help me? But even within that first hour, Uma clearly uh, changed my entire mind and, and I could see that there was a lot that I could gain out of this and have gained, you know, as, as this relationship's gone on. So even if just to get some thinking time for yourself, which is, I mean, maybe at the moment when we're isolated, uh, we're all in our own homes and not able to go anywhere. Maybe we are starting to think about that a little bit more. But usually it's certainly not anything that I feel that I could give myself the privilege of doing because it feels a bit indulgent just to set aside time to think about how you're doing. But this is a perfect excuse to be able to, to be able to do that. That's fascinating how it, it can be a way of giving yourself permission to invest in yourself in terms of time and your career and your life plans as well. Uma, is there, are there any other tips before we draw to a close that you would share for people about to mentor, perhaps particularly for the first time? I think that it's an incredibly generous and giving thing to do. Uh, and by that, I mean those of us that are mentors or aspiring to be mentors. If we just think about some of the, the lessons in life that we've had through the career trajectory and just how many knocks we might have had, how many challenges we might have had along the way. For me, it's only fitting and right that we impart and share some of those learnings to the aspirational mentees on their particular career journey. And there's an enormous sense of satisfaction I get from hearing from Kirsty when she says she's tried something or challenged herself on something and she's sent me a lovely smiley face message emoji saying it worked. And I know last year in particular with my original mentee through City Parents, that particular lady was returning to her role in banking after a second child and was really dreading having those flexible working conversations. And I did some very simple skills and tools and language um, sessions with her and we role played. And she messaged me the very next day and said, I used the exact sentences that you gave me and I've got my flexible working. And I felt like a proud parent. So I think there's so much satisfaction that you get by knowing that you've helped somebody. And there's also a lot of self-learning and self-reflection that I've alluded to as well that comes with it. And I think the final point I'd add is that having a different cultural heritage and background, I think also helps from a different cognitive and social diversity perspective when you're mentoring as well. So having a variety of people to talk to, whether it's mentee, mentor, I think the conversations just become even more enriching where there's a different cultural overlay um, and understanding or a challenge that comes with that. Thank you. That's wonderful to hear. And and I've found it very inspiring myself listening to you both. I feel very motivated to go out and participate one way or another in a new mentoring arrangement and to prioritise making time for that kind of activity. And I'm sure many of our members listening have found it really helpful to hear your perspectives 
and how you approach the mentoring relationship and your words of advice for others considering doing the same. Uma and Kirsty, it's been a pleasure talking with you today. Thank you for sharing your experiences with us. And we hope your mentoring arrangement continues to flourish over the coming week. For any members listening, our City Parents Annual Matching Scheme will be opening very soon on Monday, the 4th of May. Please visit our website for further details and keep an eye out in your emails. We'll be letting you know more about that. If you'd like to find out more about City Parents generally, please follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram or Facebook or visit us at cityparents.co.uk. And stay tuned for more from City Parents Talk coming soon. Goodbye. <laughs>